You are listening to the Progress Your Health Podcast, episode 63. Welcome to the Progress Your Health Podcast with your hosts, Dr. Robert Mackey and Dr. Valerie Davidson, a husband and wife team who specialize in bioidentical hormone replacement therapy and functional medicine. They're here to help you lose weight, balance hormones, and age gracefully. It's their mission to motivate, educate, and empower you to take your health to the next level. And now your hosts, hormone experts, Dr. Mackey and Dr. Davidson. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Progression Health Podcast. I'm Dr. Mackey. And I'm Dr. Davidson. So on this episode, we're going to continue our uh, series on PCOS. The first two we did on the, you know, basically what is PCOS. The last one was on the diagnosis of PCOS, uh, looking at some of the lab values. This one is going to be the first one of the next three, looking at the different types of PCOS. So we've been dealing with patients since 2004 with PCOS, and we've actually found that, you know, as a lot of other practitioners have as well, is that PCOS isn't just, you know, either you have it or you don't. It's almost like a spectrum of symptoms where some women might have all of the symptoms, some women might have just a few of the symptoms. So what we've seen since 2004 is kind of three different types of PCOS that we want to break that down and, and tell you a little bit about because these different types are going to have different symptoms, different health goals, and different treatment plans. Yeah, right. And the conventional approach uh, with a lot of the things that we do with uh, patients is that the conventional approach really isn't really all that great. You know, metformin, uh, a couple of other prescriptions. control pills. Yeah, right. Uh, and none of that really helps them get any better. Uh, and it has to be, now granted, we might use some prescriptions. Some of those might be part of the, the, the different treatment plans, but there needs to be more to it than just you know, metformin and birth control pills. That's not going to really solve anything. Uh, and I think that's where some people that have, some women that are struggling with PCOS, I think they get a little frustrated because those conventional approaches really, uh, there's a lot to be desired with them because it really doesn't solve much of anything. Exactly. And, and actually, if you go on, you know, online and on, you know, the famous Google is you'll see that there are a lot of doctors that talk or practitioners that talk about PCOS and there might be other types that they've developed too. So these three that we've come up with are the ones that we typically have seen. So we're just going to break that down in a three part series for you. Yeah. And the point of that, whether you like, have you done some, you know, granted, if you think you have PCOS or, you know, you have PCOS, you've probably done lots of research. So you might have seen that there's other types. The point of it is whether it's our types or someone else's types, the point is that we all feel that there are multiple types of PCOS. Uh, and again, usually from a symptom picture and a diagnosis perspective, there is a spectrum from low to moderate risk or you know severity to a, a high level of severity. Uh, and we're going to hopefully get hopefully get that across over the next three episodes. So the three types that we have seen is we call them classic, common, and concealed. Yeah, right. So the classic is kind of the name would uh, would emulate is this is if you're going to look in a, the, a textbook, a gynecological textbook, and you're going to look up PCOS, these are the things that you would expect to see in there. And then we have the common, which is, I guess you could say like medium and then the concealed, which really isn't found that often. So we're going to break these three types up into three different podcasts so that we can really kind of hash it out a bit. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, so the classic in some ways you could say is, uh, it, it, like I said, if you looked up in a gynecological textbook, right, the, 
that's what would be in that textbook. They would have many, um, maybe not all, but they'd have many of the symptoms listed there, ones that we talked about a couple of episodes ago. Uh, so they might have, you know, the uh, on an ultrasound, they might have the ring of uh, the string of pearls or multiple cysts. Uh, they might have the, you know, the facial hair in areas where they don't want, uh, which is also called hirsutism. Um, they might be struggling with, you know, uh, a acne issue. Those, of course, if, if you've been listening to the previous podcast, are coming from a lot of having those higher androgens. And and honestly, the the classic, like if you looked it up in a dictionary, it, you know, you have all these, you know, the classic symptoms, but it's not that common. Honestly, we don't see classic PCOS that often, but that's what a lot of the doctors are saying is PCOS. So that's why a lot of people get missed, but they do, they have the full Monty of symptoms when it comes, you know, for the classic PCOS, like you said, the dark hair, you know, the dark facial hair, but unfortunately they're losing it on their head and they're growing it elsewhere. They have the cystic acne. Um, definitely probably the weight gain is probably the worst for the classic. Yeah, right. They might have a, a weight range somewhere between, let's say 175 to 225. Uh, and they also are the ones that have the absolute hardest time trying to get that weight to come off. Uh, and a lot of them, a lot of the, a lot of women that have uh, the classic type are uh, very disciplined there. It's not a matter of, you know, sometimes I know that when it comes to weight issues, there's this stigma or prejudice or uh, whatever it is, but they, a lot of times are working the hardest to try to get that, uh, the, the, their weight to change. And it's almost like no matter what they do, the scale doesn't change at all. Yeah. It's so easy to gain and so impossible to lose. And and granted, because of the, the levels of hormones being imbalanced, there are a lot of cravings. I mean, you know, don't get me wrong. There are a lot of sugar cravings and carb cravings, but like you said, the classic PCOS women, they are disciplined and they are working so hard. And I can understand where it's frustrating to have such, you know, have such trouble losing the weight. And it's so easy to gain when you're looking at your friend next to you and they're eating pizza and ice cream. Yeah. Now, some of that is the approach that people take, right? Some of them, uh, uh, they are trying to eat less, exercise more. So they're going on a diet and exercising a lot. We're going to talk about that more uh, in subsequent episodes because if for that, for the classic type PCOS, that eat less, exercise more approach can actually make the entire situation worse. Uh, so you have to be a little bit careful and you have to know what you know, what is best, um, depending on some of the, you know, some of these variables, uh, you certainly might see very classically high blood pressure, uh, high cholesterol, high, high blood sugar, uh, and, and maybe even high insulin, uh, you know, right off the bat, that kind of uh, paints that picture, that very specific PCOS picture. Yeah. That's that triad that we mentioned earlier in the, uh, in the previous podcast is, you know, that cholesterol, the triglycerides are elevated, the blood sugar could be elevated. And then you'll also see that high insulin, which leads to insulin resistance. And also is a risk of course, for diabetes type two, if they don't already have diabetes type two, cause it's pretty common for the classic PCOS women to eventually get diabetes type two. Sure. Yeah. Now they might not get diabetes in their twenties because they're only in their twenties. Uh, but as time goes on and that, you know, that problem continues and progresses and progresses and progresses and the, the person becomes more insulin resistant, um, then it eventually develops into a problem like that. Uh, so part of it in the beginning is age kind of protecting you. Your body just hasn't really quite become that dysfunctional yet, which is why sometimes diagnosis isn't really made early on. But as that is left to continue, it just gets worse and worse over time. And when it's that hormonal, uh, hormonal problem like that, and uh, American society is very, very much kind of a hormonal nightmare sometimes. They just kind of tend to get worse and worse and worse as time goes on. 
Exactly. They're always, you know, hey, we'll fix it when it's broken. Where no, we want to prevent it. We see this and in someone in their 20s, you know, we want to prevent that diabetes type 2. And then just like Dr. Mackey had mentioned, if you did a transvaginal um, ultrasound looking at the ovaries, you'll see that classic string of pearls, which are really all these little cysts that have developed, which then on the flip side, if you're making that classic string of pearls of that, that chronic cystic, polycystic, you know, as they call it, PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome, that's going to reduce, if not make your ovulation to zero, which then creates that infertility. Yeah, right. Uh, and that underlying piece is the part that needs to be somewhat focused on. So that way, eventually pregnancy is a possibility. And I know that these are, you know, I think, uh, not I think, but, you know, PCOS in this classic type is probably the, the number one reason for infertility. Uh, and that's why we're talking about this as well, because even the common and the concealed type can certainly play a role in that. And if you're struggling on the fertility side, this might be the reason why. Uh, so that can be, you know, very one, very frustrating, but also very important to help someone to be able to achieve that goal of getting pregnant, staying pregnant and having, you know, having a baby. Yeah, and balancing those hormones because typically with the classic PCOS, these women will miss periods for three months, six months. They might get two periods a year. They are the ones that are continuously missing periods. Mm -hmm. uh, now, there might be some other uh, you know, mood-related things going on, certainly uh, a high level of irritability. Now, that's a very subjective thing, but certainly it's, a, it's, it's an emotion, if you want to call irritability an emotion. It's something that we hear a lot from patients, that they're just the littlest things. They have a short temper. They have a short fuse. Small things tend to set them off. Uh, we see that in some of the other female hormone-related things, but certainly in PCOS, there's um, uh, you know, irritability is one that we get a lot of feedback on. Yeah, you think high estrogens, um, high testosterone, they're going to feel testy. Um, they're going to feel irritable. But at the same time, we also see, which isn't shown so much in the list of symptoms, if you look it up on the on the web, is always with the classic PCOS women, is we always see anxiety. I, I don't, you know, it, either it's, because I do think higher levels of insulin can create anxiety, having higher levels of androgen, having low levels of progesterone really contributes to anxiety. But there is, you know, a lot of kind of that anxiousness or they're feeling really wound up. Yeah, I definitely think those two are uh, very common. You did mention, uh, of course, uh, which again is kind of where part of that cycle continues. Uh, they have uh, terrible sugar and carb cravings. Uh, that can kind of, you know, uh, continue to all the things we just mentioned kind of exacerbate all of them over time. And it's not a matter of honestly, again, part of that stigma and the prejudice that happens sometimes. It's not a matter of they don't have any willpower. Their hormones are kind of driving some of that behavior. Um, so then it kind of disempowers them, makes them feel bad about themselves. Uh, and really, it's just their hormones that are, you know, are driving a lot of that behavior. And like Dr. Mackey's saying, willpower, they have lots of willpower, but biology will always overpower. <laughs> I guess overpower willpower, but truly, um, you know, that biology will always win, you know, in the long term. but you can balance those hormones. That's the whole goal is to rebalance those hormones, whether you're doing it partly with medication or supplementation or changing their dietary or lifestyle, change that. So then when you change that biology, then it makes it easier to, you know, make the changes that you want to. 
Yeah, right. And with a, a such a complicated issue as PCOS, all the different types of PCOS, all those things you just mentioned, that multifactorial approach is the point, right? All those things have to be addressed. Uh, the lifestyle, the diet, uh, supplementation, possibly prescriptions, all those things have to be you know, have to be looked at. And that's how we create treatment plans around those types of things, because you can't just take metformin or birth control pills and expect these kinds of complicated issues to be able to either be reversed or improved or, you know, whatever the case might be. Exactly. And when you do the blood work with a classic presentation here is you see, like we had talked about in the previous podcast, all those labs and testing that we talked about, they have it all. You know, they, they, ha they definitely have it all. That LH to FSH ratio, the luteinizing hormone um, to follicle-stimulating follicle -stimulating, um, hormone ratio, you'll see that two to one. Their LH might be at 14 and their FSH is at seven, or their LH is at 20 and their FSH is at 10. You see that classic two to one ratio. And with the testosterone levels, like we had talked about before, is they definitely have well above normal levels of testosterone. They're, you know, they're anywhere 45 to 90, maybe even more. Yeah, right. I've seen uh, I've seen plenty of testosterone levels in the you know the high nineties to even over a hundred. I've seen DHA levels in the in the five hundred range before. Uh, you know those are you know those are I wouldn't say like you said I wouldn't call them necessarily that common to see numbers quite that high, um, but they can certainly uh, you know they can certainly get up there fairly easily. Uh, and usually when they have those uh, type of androgen numbers. Like you said, those other uh, tests, the triglycerides, the fasting insulins, the cholesterol, all those things are going to also be abnormal as well. So, you, you know, when you look at the entire blood panel, um, it's going to really uh, point you in one particular direction fairly easily. Exactly. And you'll see the low to no no progesterone levels. And then one thing that we love to test on, on all women, not just PCOS, but all women is checking for the thyroid function. You always see hypothyroid or low thyroid function in that classic type. So it's really important to keep an eye on their thyroid all the time. Yeah, right. And you know, granted, thyroid is not a female hormone, but as we talked about on the last episode, uh, thyroid function, improving thyroid function has a dramatic impact on the female cycle. Uh, so you can use a different hormone to have an impact on the female hormones, uh, and that can be you know we kind of look at them as uh, you know as you have your primary metabolic hormones, the hormones your body can't live without, right? You have your insulin, your cortisol, your thyroid. There's a few other ones, but those are the ones that most people know. And then you have your secondary hormones, which are the female hormones and some other ones. Usually, in most instances, the primary metabolic hormones always influence the secondary sex hormones but not necessarily so much the other direction. Uh, sometimes, like you said, you know, giving a woman some estrogen, giving her some progesterone, maybe a little men giving them some testosterone, but it's usually the influence of those primary metabolic hormones having the impact on the female hormones. That's why PCOS, as we've been talking, it's really an insulin issue, but it manifests as a female hormone problem. That's why it gets, you know, that's why the treatment aspect of it gets kind of convoluted or is just really ineffective because they're focusing on the wrong part. Exactly. So kind of think of it like the thyroid and the adrenal glands are upstream from the female reproductive hormones. So instead of chasing your tail with trying to correct these female reproductive hormones, you definitely want to go upstream, balance those hormones first. And then later I kind of call like the reproductive hormones, kind of like the frosting on the cake. You got to correct that thyroid. You got to work on those adrenal glands. So then you have your base, you have your cake, and then you can add the little, you know, the frosting on top with, you know, balancing out that estrogen, raising up that progesterone, but definitely 
always working upstream is where we want to start. Yeah. Now the thyroid part is fairly easy to, you know, to implement whether we're doing supplementation or prescription, but the insulin and the cortisol, that's the hard part. Okay. That is the, really the essence of not just PCOS, but a lot of conditions are, uh, we could blame them on insulin and cortisol dysfunction. Um, but there really isn't a lot of, you know, there's one, there's no prescriptions for them specifically, uh, you know, that manipulate them in a good way. Metformin, as we talked about, that has an impact on insulin sensitivity. Um, but even that, you know, falls short very quickly, even in diabetes treatment, it works, it works, but it doesn't. Uh, I think metformin in general is a fairly, um, uh, I think it's a good medication. I think it, uh, you know, we prescribe it ourselves, but I think when you just focus on that one thing, I think that's where there's a lot to be desired with that. There's so much more that, that can and should be done to help a patient like this. So while I had mentioned, you don't see the classic, you know, full Monty here or the classic PCOS that often, but when you do, I really think that they are underserved because there really isn't a good conventional treatment model for them, which is why we're so passionate about it. Yeah, and, and that's why we uh, we treat the things we treat because we've seen, you know, over the years, people come to us for these types of reasons or these types of complaints, and you know, our job is to help our patients, you know, achieve whatever it is they're trying to achieve, whether it's weight loss, whether it's pregnancy, whether it's just to feel better, you know, all those things, and they've already been down that conventional route and they just haven't gotten anywhere, whether they haven't gotten a diagnosis or not. Uh, so now, you know, now it's our turn to step in there and hopefully get things turned in the right direction. Uh, so if you'd like more information about you know, us and our approach, you can visit our website, ProgressionHealth.com. Uh, you can enter, our e uh, enter in an email. You can actually get access to our free hormone video course where we go through a few of these profiles, one on PCOS, one on hypothyroid. I think there's another one on perimenopause and menopause. It's uh, Dr. Davidson <laughs> on video, so you get to, a chance to see and listen to her. It's some very good information, things that you might have either heard before, but kind of condensed down into a very easily digestible way. The videos are relatively pretty short, but packed full of good information. Now I'm blushing. Yes, you get to see me on the video talking yeah. away, but, but it, it's a good course. I, we're, we're proud of it and definitely, you know, go to the website and you can download it. It's, it's free. But for, for this podcast, we talked about the classic PCOS for the next two, we're going to talk about the, the two types, which is common and concealed. Yeah. So I think that wraps up this one. Uh, the next episode, we're going to talk about the common PCOS, uh, common and classic might seem fairly similar, but we'll kind of hash those out and hopefully you'll have a better understanding of the difference between the two. Uh, so for this one, I'm Dr. Mackey. I'm Dr. Davidson. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Progress Your Health podcast. If you like what you've heard on this podcast, please give us a positive review on iTunes. This allows us to spread our message, grow our audience, and help more people around the world. For more information, visit our website at ProgressYourHealth.com.